Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we're vibing through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about perhaps one of the most controversial debates in all of the book of Genesis. Does the Bible actually teach that people had sex with angels? If you're wondering, what in the heck are you talking about, Justin? We're talking about Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. My guest for today's episode is the one, the only, Pastor Harold. Pastor Harold, um, this is one of those passages that can get people pissed off pretty quickly um this is one of those things where it's like there's my answer is the only right answer and like it's just one of those things that 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 has can be volatile i guess is what i'm trying to say and so just from the beginning i just want to say is it okay for us to just explore to ask questions to think about and and just just to be okay with saying you know what there's people who will land on different sides of whatever this thing is all about. And this show has never been about what's the one and only way that's correct. What's the only truth. But instead it's I'm much out. more about coming to the text. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 that's not what I I'm signed out, up for. I'm, I'm down. Uh, th this show yeah. is about moving. It's about exploring. It's mm -hmm. not about necessarily having quote unquote, all the right answers though. The right answers are nice, but we just want to be able to open up the text, to ask questions, to explore. And so just to see God, what are you trying to lead us through? So, uh, with that kind of context, um, let's look at our text. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. There is a part in this chapter or this section where this word Nephilim is used. And yep. I'm wondering if you can kind of give us the big picture, maybe before we start to dive into alternate uh, interpretations of this. Give us kind of like what is happening here in the context of the narrative and why is this kind of something that people gravitate towards here? What is that risk maybe? I don't know. Why is this such a contentious thing? I, I think it's a risk because it messes with our preconceived ideas of what the, yeah, this is interesting. It, it messes with our ideas of what the, of what we perceive the natural order of things to be, hmm. right? 
um, especially in the 21st century, 22nd, so what, what, what century are we in? 21st, 20, I, 21st, 21st been, century. Okay. I'll go with that. Well, yeah. We're in the 21st <laughs> century 21st. for sure. Yeah. Why not? It's the 21st century. Um, and it's because, yeah, this idea of what angels having sex with humans, ah, that's not, um, that's just weird. It does sound weird. And it, it is weird. Like, it is weird. It, it is very weird. Um, and yet, in the ancient Near East, the mythologies are filled with gods having intercourse with humans and creating demigods. Hmm. Um, that's, just, that's just very normal. Uh, that's par for the course in most mythologies uh, surrounding, uh, what you may call it, the... Uh, the ancient Near East, uh, ancient Near East being the place where Israel was existing. So it's so, very so common. You're to saying have... that. Sorry, I, I'm jumping in here. Uh, you, you're saying yeah. that when the original readers, maybe who were uh, going to look at this passage, they wouldn't necessarily have looked at it as weird like you and I presently do. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we heard the story of Zeus or the stories of Aphrodite, the stories of right. Athena, or whatever the case is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think more specifically would be of of uh, the Mesopotamian uh, cosmogonies, mm. uh, you know, more than the Greek cosmogonies, because this uh, this is way earlier. Genesis, was yeah. way earlier, at least yeah. in 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 the understanding that we have, you know. Sure. Um, so, but yeah, that that would be the case now, and that's the other aspect about the broader picture, as you asked, is like here we're looking at a what is known as a polemic. Uh, so a, a polemic is is basically a a written document or a type of literature that is true. Let's be very clear. Genesis is written in a way that the narrator is saying this is how it happened. It's recorded history for them. But there is a mythology to it, meaning that it's giving the people its ethos. And it's a polemic in the sense that it is taking what the other people surroundly uh, see as true and saying, actually, this is how it, this is how it happened and played out. Which would be so contrary to the move, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is um, the truth. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is the truth. And but but that's really what what revelation is, and ultimately what the Bible is, is is it is a clear like this is this is how different it is, and and we've already been seeing it from the beginning, from the very first narrative. It's the reason why it intentionally, for example, uh, says that the sun uh, is is the bigger light and not shemesh in Hebrew. Because it's the sun, Kemosh, in other religions, the sun, right? So okay. it intentionally is saying big light, small light. It's intentionally like showing these are not beings. These are just created elements. So by the time we get here to chapter 6 and we're looking at this, at this order, oddly enough, there seems to be a cut in order of mm. things that are just – this. there's a break that is happening here um, of – of renown. So there are several options. Actually, there's there's three main options to look at this specific narrative or the specific aspect. So the first one is that this option of Nephilim. Um, but actually, let, the let, sorry, of, let, me, let me jump in here. And just yeah. in, in case someone is listening to this in their car and they've never heard the, the word Nephilim and they don't understand, like, I think a lot of yeah. the stories that we're going to be talking about, for example, when I say Noah and, and the ark or I say the flood, uh -huh. 
if a lot of people haven't read that section in 10 years, they still know what we're talking about. When, but when mm-hmm. we say Nephilim and when we say sex with the angels, a lot of people are like, I don't remember hearing about that when I was in primary school or anything like that. So <laughs> here, here's, it's, it's only four verses. Let me read it and then you can yeah, give us the, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, the yeah. three options That's here. Good. Yeah. Yep. Chapter six of Genesis says, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the mm-hmm. daughters of man were attractive and they took them as their wives as they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh and his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So we're, so, so that's, that's the verses. We're introduced to this, these category of people or category of beings called mm-hmm. the Nephilim. And there, from if I understand where you're leading us, there are three general approaches to what is Nephilim. Yes. Yeah. Are we on the yes. same page now? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Everybody, everybody in your cars, you, you, you're, you're, you've, you've, you've caught your breath back again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. Um, so the 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 options are that first of all, there is the. Um, there is the 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 understanding that these sons of God, and, and that's really where we would have to go, is first right. the sons of God to understand the Nephilim, so Got that it. these sons of God are angels, and 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 this is where it gets a little complicated because it's not just angels like what we've pictured with the wings, you know, and the sure. and the halos and the harps or whatever. However, we've depicted the idea of an angel, which is a, a being that is described in Scripture, but it is it, it is sort of talking about the extra. Uh, extraterrestrial. extraterrestrial yeah no, yeah, the, yeah i mean out, it's it's a yeah. being that's not normal to earth not a human being a sure. non-human being celestial whatever we want to call it right okay. um that that is of of another realm <clears throat> and then that's the first option you know and and somehow these beings see the daughters of men and then the result is uh some translations say giants because that's, that's how the Septuagint translated it. The Septuagint being the, uh, the Septuagint being the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Um, so that gigantes, giants. But Nephilim is really also some some take the result of like it is from the the verb uh, nafal, which means fallen, right in Hebrew. Hmm. How convenient that nafal means fallen. Great. <laughs> yeah, so there you know you, you just learned a Hebrew word nafal, there fallen, right? To fall. And so it means that these people were fallen. Um, so that's the first option, right? So second so just, option, just to rewind, uh, sons of God yeah. are some kind of non-human, maybe celestial being. The idea yeah. that they would be Nephilim, the fallen, is maybe somehow indicating that these are divine beings that had fallen away from from yeah. heaven or something along those lines. Yeah. That's the first yeah. option yeah. So, that we, we the, see. Yeah, the re- the result of this mixture. Of humans and Got divine is beings is something. the result of these fallen, you know, these giants of great renown, et cetera, et cetera. The second option is that these are kings, um, and it's this again. You're right. This is a, this is a conversation that goes back thousands of years, like okay. at least a thousand, fifteen hundred years that the church fathers have argued about. So this is not new. We've been Got we've it. been arguing about this text forever, literally. Forever. But we're going to settle it in these ten minutes. You will yes. know the truth. No, 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 no. Okay, so uh, the second so option the, are kings, kings, the divinized kings, right? So you know how how people uh, kings would would see themselves as divine, right? In the ancient mm-hmm. Near East and mm-hmm. even into the Middle Ages, it's the right of kings, right? 
Um, I know some some presidents that might feel like they or may not be kings. I don't, maybe, oh, maybe yeah, that's too political. I, I'm sorry. I know some non-kings and some non-presidents that think that they're divine. <laughs> like, listen, that's we true. can go all day with this, right? That's true. So, that's true. Uh, um, so these divinized kings took multiple wives, you know, mm-hmm. and that is against God's ideal of monogamy, as we already saw in like uh, chapter four. Where this mm-hmm. guy uh, Lamech, I think, is it takes two wives, right? Yep. He's like, yep. I'll yep. take two wives, and if Cain was cursed seven times, seventy for me, ah, you know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then there is, and then the other option is that this is already starting a a division of two groups hmm. with Seth and the line of Seth. That's a Sethite. That's the Sethite option. That's the third option, and this is kind of like the more. Um, this this is the one that is more mainstreamish. Let's put it okay. that way. It's it's more it's a little bit more accepted, more mainstream in Christianity in in general evangelicalism, et cetera, et cetera. That this is the line of Seth, mm-hmm. and that the daughters of of man, the daughters of humanity, are the daughters of Cain, and so you're already seeing this this dual group form between the sons of God, the followers of God. And the daughters of Cain, which are those who do not follow God. And the result of this is chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's the reason why God says, I'm not, I'm, uh, there's a translation um, that is, is better suited as like, I will not, not judge this. That part where mm-hmm. he says, my soul will not contend. Yeah. It's like, I will not, not judge this. Somehow God sees whatever is happening here in the text. Right. Whichever the three options it is, God's not Whatever stoked it is, about it. God is not stoked about it because there seems to be a break from the order that has been established before. And the break from that order is going to divulge or going to uh, result into, spoiler alert, what follows further on in the narrative, right? So so this is this is really where God says I'm we're I'm, I'm cutting I'm cutting the life of these men because it's interesting that these these Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. Men of great renown and 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 uh, you know great men seem to be wanting to play God in many ways, thanks right. to their not just grand stature of giants, like grand stature, physical stature, but also the great deeds that they are. And it is only God who gives life. It is only God who determines grandeur. It is only God who is the one who who, who places the ability for us to be like for us to be whatever we are. And only God is to be worshipped. Right. This is this is a constant theme that is rising in Genesis, especially in the first ones, where other gods are not worth worship. There is only one God that is worth worship, and that is Jehovah God. He's the creator of everything. So the other narrative is is pointing us to God saying, Well, they might be great men's of great men of renown or people of renown, hmm. but I'm cutting their lifespan to one hundred and twenty years. And that's interesting because you look at the narrative already you saw there in chapter five. Yep. And it's like these humans live to 800, 700, 600, like, you know, they live five centuries. And God is now significantly cutting the lifespan of these Nephilim, whatever they might be, the result of whatever they have been. So whatever, I guess, whatever place we land ourselves in, either of those three options, whatever you feel comfortable with, um, there is something happening here um, in this narrative right now that tells me that God is definitely seeing sort of a um, a downward spiral that we already saw in chapter four, right? Yeah. Yep. 
just you, you just continue just to go worse, down. It gets worse. It, it gets, gets worse, worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's some commentators that illustrate how um, wickedness on the earth is um, is not just being contained in the earth, but is 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 sort of live uh, leaving the earth. You know, that's that's one of the that's one of the do comments. You, uh, like if these were, if these were, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. If if these were in fact like uh, divine, uh, I don't know if divine, but like outer worldly beings, sure, this would show that evil is not just being contained on the earth. Right? Oh, as in, so if if we're of the persuasion that this might actually be some type of quote unquote, lack of a better term, angelic kind of something, whatever, their offspring yeah, might be like leaving mm-hmm. Earth and potentially visiting I don't know. Mars, no, I, or is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. Uh, what I'm saying is that evil like the what evil seems to be doing here in the creation story is and if you look at it what evil does what sin does it disorders the order mm, got it. it messes with the order uh, which incidentally is what paul talks about when we talk about the flesh right mm, yeah the, the flesh the flesh is your your natural desires god has given you but they have been corrupted so sex god gave us the desire for sex but when it's corrupted it's lust you have the desire for hunger, but when it's corrupt, corrupted, it is gluttony. You have the mm-hmm. desire for rest, but when it's corrupted, it is sloth. You have anger, which is natural, but then when it's corrupted, it's wrath. Got so it. that, that's what sin does. Sin removes order. It just disorders everything. So, and so, what so we're what's se- seeing, what we're seeing here in this passage is that things are being corrupted and that the effects right. of this corruption seem to be... Go beyond the planet. Got yeah. it, got it. If, so it's not that, that the Nephilim per- are, are hopping in a spaceship no. and going somewhere else or flying somewhere else, but it, no. it seems to suggest no. that no. the effects of sin are spreading broad. Right. right. And so and God, in an attempt to contain it, is limiting the lifespan. Of 120 years, yep. And I think yeah. that, once again, also with the Sethite line, if if we were to go with, with the mainstream idea, also there is a very clear demarcation already of the two groups that you will follow Throughout the rest of the scriptures, you know, you will follow the uh, those who are of God's people and those who are not of God's people, the lambs and the goats, the, you know, this and that, like there's the in and the out. And and I know that that sounds a little bit uh, weird and discouraging in the ever inclusive age that we live in. Mm-hmm. But there is a point in which, yeah, like it just it, it doesn't go anymore. Like, it, hmm. you know, yeah. evil has done such. Evil has done such damage, as we will see, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that God has to intervene. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I think I understand what you're saying. Uh, I appreciate the breakdown of three possible paths that we can go down. Let me let me mm-hmm. try as and as we're closing things to, to to invite you to do maybe the pastoral thing. It's like okay, so this is interesting. There's debate over here. We're not going to solve it because it's been an ongoing debate for 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 however long. Is there something that we learn? Like, what do we take from this other than like, huh, interesting. Never heard that before. That's, that's new. Is there something that yeah. we learn? Um, yeah. I think that what we learn is that God is a, at least what for me as I read this again and as I think about it, is that God is, first of all, a God of, of order. And um, order, order is not bad. Um, mm. Order is not negative. And I, I think sometimes we have this this preconceived idea that you know when you say order it means constriction um but there is plenty of freedom inside order 
um, I can think right now of my garage because we've recently moved. Um, and it is in absolute disorder. Like there's boxes, there's planks of wood from the floor that we've installed. There's piles of garbage from the wreckage of the inside. Like it's, it's, it's literally a disaster in there. There is no order and I can't park my cars in my garage. I can let alone barely move in my garage. So what I need to do is I need to go and put order in my garage so that it can be used. And I think sometimes we have a tendency of looking at God and looking at scripture and looking at things that are, that give order and saying, Oh, that's so constrictive. I don't like it because it takes away my freedom. Actually, it binds you a lot more Mm -hmm. when you live in disorder and when you break the order that God uh, in his wisdom has established, you are a lot more bound and a lot less free than when you are able and we are able to live within the freedom that he has given us within the order that he has established. And I think that is something that we really need to, that we probably need to rescue in our day and age where we just love to live a life of seeming like uh, no constraints, right? Right. No constraints for nothing. The, you know, no right, no wrong, no rule for me. I'm free. You know, the, the great, yeah. uh, the great philosopher. <laughs> Yeah, the great philosopher uh, Elsa of Arendelle, <laughs> you know, but that's that's the problem. I think it's Mark J. Comer who makes that point and makes that joke. And I, I totally resonate with that, that it, when we live without the restraints and without the order, we find ourselves completely bound by everything that is not supposed to give us freedom in, in, in life and love. Yeah. I mean, this this makes a lot of sense to me, especially I think those who have probably had a history or a past or an experience with, let's say, something like substances, right? Uh, mm. the, 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 the popular conception of what freedom looks like is like, I'm free. I'll drink whatever I want, you know, inhale mm. whatever I want, you know, consume yeah. whatever I want. And yeah. okay, cool. Where does that lead? Oftentimes, mm-hmm. it leads to a life of captivity. I, I think that yep. this is where... To, to its to its natural consequence, it, it often leads. And so the life of order is what I'm hearing you is actually mm-hmm. a life more free because you don't have these external influences that hold you captive. And the type of freedom that Jesus yeah. is offering is the mm-hmm. kind of freedom that is actually more fulfilling than the, the, the cheap substitute of one who says, Ooh. you can't tell me what to do. No rules for me. I'm free. Yeah. The cheap substitute. That is so good. It's a knockoff. It's a yeah, knockoff it version, you know. It's 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 like a Nike with a, with a Y and a Q, <laughs> right? Or, or like uh, <laughs> Sony with a Z and an I, right? It's a Zony. It's a knockoff yeah, Zony. version. Zony, Zony, and and, yeah. and that that order. Uh, I I think that that is one thing that you you sort of see in the text. Either direction we want to go, um, with either of those three options, um, which I I would not encourage anybody to like die on that hill, but Okay, knock yourself out. But there is there is definitely a call to order, and, and that seems to be what what God says. Okay, we like I've tried, and there's just there's a beauty in the following text, even though it's heartbreaking mm. in the following texts. But we're you know we don't we're not going to spoil it. There's mm. there's also this really interesting, beautiful picture of God. Uh, and how he's acting and how he's reacting and how uh, the author of Genesis is like portraying God and saying, man, this is it. So, yeah, that's order, man. Live your there life you in order. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, move in order. 
Yes, we we are so excited to be able to continue moving in uh, in this text, and uh, we we don't want to spoil what's happening next. But the next thing that happens is very important. Uh, it reveals God, and it shows kind of His response to the disorder, to the evil that's taking place. And you guys aren't going to want to miss it. So, with all that being said, we'll see you guys in our next episode of the Move. Hey, uh, I haven't asked for you, the the viewer or the listener, one thing that you can do to actually help support uh, the move that doesn't cost you a single dollar, like if you were to become a Patreon or something along those lines, which if you want to do, that's great. We're not going to stop you. But one thing that you can do to actually help get the word out there and to help others know about what we're doing here, if that's something that's valuable to you, is actually consider rating the podcast. Yeah, we have a, uh, an audio version and a video version of this. I don't know which one you're consuming right now, but if you haven't yet already, consider going over to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that you use and leaving a rating on the podcast. Maybe in the future, uh, we will read one of these uh, ratings out uh, or one of our plugs at the end of an episode and we'll give you extra points for creativity. If there's some fun way that you can give your thoughts on whether or not the move is valuable and why someone might want to consider moving along with us, leave us a rating. We'll read out some of our, our favorite reviews in a future episode. It's one way that you can support what we're doing. It's another way to help spread the mission and mission mission and it's just a great way that you can support what we're doing so if that's something that you can be able to do apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review let us know what you think and we'll see you guys in the next episode